Welcome, welcome, guys, to another Off-White pod brought to you by the Off-White Boys. You know who it is. It's David, hardest host, darker than most. And with me, I've got my boy Vic, as always, the most gas guy who never tells lies. How are you doing, Vic? I'm doing great, mate. Doing great. Um, Early start in the week this week, but, you know, we keep grinding. How about you? How are you doing? Not bad at all, and this is the first time we've recorded on a Monday, so we've got more than enough time to prepare. And uh, this is the first time you'll be editing the old uh, pod for this week, just to let everyone yeah, know. Yeah, I'm having a go. Exactly. I'm having a go. I am the brains behind the off-white pod, so... Um, <laughs> I say. But, yeah, I'm, the stra- I'm the strategist, so, you know, it is what it is. We all have our roles, mate. You know? 50-50, that's what we do. <laughs> so we've got a very good friend on the pod today, guys. It's a, uh, a lot of you listeners will know who this person is. Um, we met him in 2014, been in the same halls, <laughs> same friendship groups, had many nights out together, many random trips and funny, funny stories. So... Uh, I'll introduce him now, guys. So here he is, Will. How are you doing, mate? Oh, hey, man. Thanks for that intro. It's very <laughs> nice. I'm doing good, mate. Yeah, it's mad how long that we've been mates. That's crazy. I didn't think about that. I feel old. Exactly. Um, it was literally when I was thinking about um, your intro on the pod, and I was literally thinking, wait, what, 2014? And you, you think of all our uni mates. We've all been mates for, like, what, like six years now. That's mad. And it's I, gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm good. Man. I'm good. I'm gassed to be here. So thanks for having me. I, I love the pod. Yeah, no problem. We love Cross, to have people on. Um, so as you already know, whenever a guest comes onto this pod, they've got to answer the old question of, oh yeah, obviously keep forgetting every time I ask the question, put it in context. What's your what's your ethnicity, Will? Yeah, man. So I'm Irish English. That's my my heritage. My dad, he's a Scouser, and his whole family are from Liverpool, and uh, which is why I support Liverpool. Uh, come on, that. yeah, man. Um, uh, I'm not seven English. years. Yeah, you didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and my mum's. Well, my mum was born in in England, but her parents are Irish. Um, and she was actually raised in Wales, so a bit of a sort of a local spree, but yeah, yeah. English Irish. Oh, very nice, very nice. So you. as you already listened to the pod, you know, already know what the question is, but I'll give it to the listeners. So um, yeah, so you're English Irish. If you could pick any population, any ethnicity, any culture to be a part of, what would you pick and why? Yeah, I love this question, man. Um, I had a little think before I came on because I, I knew I was going to be asked. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's, a, it's a good question. There's a lot of great ethnicities and cultures out there, but one that stuck with me was, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called the, the Amazigh people, I think if I'm saying that right. And they're, they're also known as the Berbers. Um, they're basically uh, the indigenous people of North Africa and they, they've been there since day, basically. Um, mm. And they live in like Morocco and Algeria and the Atlas Mountains and things like that. Um, And basically, the reason I like them is because I spent some time living with them a few years ago in the Sahara Desert, um, which was sick. And their way of life was so 
cool to me. Like they took me out into the desert and like they set up a camp for me. They taught me how to play the, their like special drums and stuff. Mm. Uh, and they dress in this like amazing like blue gear and they're called like the blue the, the veiled blue men of the Sahara or something. And yeah, uh, they were just they got like a really cool society. They're like democratic and stuff, but they yeah. like run themselves. It was really good, man. I'd love to, yeah, learn more about them if I could. No, that's cool. Wow, that's mad. That yeah. is mad. As if he's that is that's crazy. The, the, answers, that in a few minutes. the answers to the answer to that question keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. I was just thinking that. Yeah, that was a great answer. Oh, it's, it's, it's lucky. Yeah. So obviously the main reason we've gotten you on the uh, podcast today is to talk about music. So if anyone doesn't know, um, Will's very into his music. You've uh, you were uh, involved in it at uni as well. You've done a cappella, I believe, as well. So you know you, oh, wow. you enjoy music. So do you want to just tell us um, a bit about your uni uni experience um, and being part of the a cappella club and what else, everything else you were involved with around there? Yeah, man, sure. So yeah, I've always just like liked tunes, and <laughs> and when I got to uni, it was it was nothing more than that. Like I, I I was lucky to play a few instruments when I was a kid, but I wasn't any good really but I was kind of involved with music before uni, just in quite a light sense. But yeah, at uni, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to like, basically the goal was to be in like a band or something yeah. or like be like a, like a, like a crew that would make tunes, but yeah. I couldn't really find uh, the right kind of circle. So I was just at the, that fair at the start of, in Freshers Week, like the society fair yeah. and came across this acapella choir thing, which, like it's not my scene at all. Mm. Uh, like I like respect people that did it. Anyway, I signed up. Just I thought it'd be cool to try and get to know people who are a bit different to me, or how I how who I thought were a bit different to me, yeah. and like just get my voice to be a bit better. So that was like that was a cool experience, man. We we went on like TV and stuff, which was which was pretty mad. Yeah, and like did loads of like gigs at uni. So that was good. And then kind of dabbled with like DJing and stuff at uni at party. I think I DJed at your party once, one of the worst. <laughs> we had a great time. Um, from what I remember, it was a good, it was a good night, mate. So oh uh, yeah, you <laughs> have to say that, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, um, yeah. So then moving on from uni, you had a uh, job um, briefly mm. in, in music. Do you want to uh, just um, let the people know what that was about? Because this yeah. job, I, I would say uh, I, I kind of envied because it sounded sick to me. Like, it, I think it'd be a sick job to have had. So, yeah, uh, talk yeah. about your time though. Sure, man. Yeah. So, what, actually, when I came to London, I had, I had, I've had three jobs. Well, I had two internships. I, my first internship was at um, a company called the Colombo Group. They basically like, they own uh, loads of venues in London. So, they own Phonox and XOYO and the Blues Kitchen and the Jazz Cafe. So all these venues, which are actually quite big and renowned. Um, I spent a bit of time working in there, just in their like events promotion office, which was sick. So I'd literally be like planning awesome festivals that I would like to go to. Mm. Um, so I did that for three months and then I went on to a music PR agency to do another three month internship. And I kind of learned a bit more about how musicians get in the press and how campaigns are run and stuff and that was cool and then yeah I landed this job as a, as a strategist at 
it's basically like a marketing agency and their clients were all musicians so they would come to us and be, they'd have a release campaign for a single and then we'd have to like plan that release campaign and and yeah get them like a digital um timeline and, uh, and get them to sort of sell more tickets and shit so that's where it sort of got to before the eventual sad redundancy yeah, yeah. so and that was uh because of uh corona or yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was it was because of COVID. yeah yeah i, thought I was doing gonna, you, you get fired <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe that's just what they told me man I don't know. Yeah, exactly. um but yeah and that's that's yeah that was the working kind of history oh lovely so um do you know that job so that job then the internships was there anything that was eye-opening to you like it was completely opposite to how you thought it was going to be or is it or is it you know flashing lights and everything and it's glamorous yeah that's a really good question man like it was definitely i was just as an industry as a whole i was definitely like I had no idea how it ran on the inside, you know. You just see the finished product when you listen to music or when you watch a gig yeah. or when you see, like, someone's album pop up on your Spotify feed. But you don't... Yeah. I didn't realise, like, how much grinding goes into, like, that the, the prior steps before that release stage. And, like, that was really eye-opening to me. And, like, also just go, going straight from uni where I thought I knew quite a lot about music to... Yeah. working at one of the biggest like events companies in in london was a real shock to me because i i i realized i really didn't know much at all yeah. um and so yeah it was it was different in a way and it wasn't all flashing lights and it wasn't all a glitz and glamour definitely not um but like the culture and stuff was it's it is super chilled working in in the music industry in the sense that like people are quite safe and everyone's got like a vested interest in you know, good music and stuff, and people want to ultimately have a good time and yeah. give a good time to other people. So that was sort of, yeah, that was this, a good vibe. But yeah, people worked hard and stuff, man. It's a shame the industry sadly, you know, died yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Did you um when you did releases and stuff? Is there any like famous names that you can point out whose campaigns you worked on and stuff? Yeah, man. So. Um, Quite a few. I I did I did quite a cool uh, thing with DWE at Facebook Studios. Um, Swear, that's nice. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and like he's 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 obviously like a massive idol of of mine and like loads of others. Mm. Um, and when I heard that we had the opportunity to uh, go like go and like help out with one of his, it was basically um, I don't know how much you know about him, but you know he did this IKEA tune. Yeah. um for an advert for ikea like, about a year ago uh where there was these toys that came to life yeah, in this yeah. Yeah, living room anyway yeah. he he did the tune for that and he wanted to try and get it to christmas number one which i thought was hilarious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had to like yeah come up with content ideas to try and Im- Im- get more listens and, and get more people to uh yeah ultimately vote it to number one and stuff or buy it to number one and yeah. so yeah that was really that was a cool experience like meeting him and hanging out with him and at facebook and filming that's, him being being a legend that's um, and yeah just i'm trying to think of other names a lot of like um like electronic musicians and stuff um yeah and like big festivals and things like that as well like warehouse project and, and things like that no way uh, 
so yeah it was really it's cool man it's really cool yeah nice so then um you mentioned a bit about uh you don't see the grind that people put in before they release their um stuff on spotify or whatever uh what yeah. what, what kind of stuff was the eye-opening bit uh there what, what did you see yeah to be honest it was yeah it's a good question so in this in 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 the artist's sense it was there's a lot of uh back and forth between like either like a pr agency or a label um there's so many iterations of an album before it goes out there's so many almost releases there's so many delays there's so many yeah. um, like like some of the artists we had because obviously we were working to their timeline so they they'd say oh like we have a release coming up on this date can you make content for for this date and then so many of them would be like have to have to basically pull it back for whatever reason um so for, for artists there was a lot of delaying and like a lot of perfect because they want to get the tunes right and like once they're out they're out yeah, yeah. Um, and i guess for an artist that must be quite daunting to be like to because you can kind of work on music forever i guess yeah um and i guess in the events part it's the opposite of that it's because you can't really delay an event um or it's harder to do that so yeah, yeah. Events were like working to a set date and they were like often like, you know, really like grinding hard um, logistics and, and promo and things like that, trying to sell tickets and, and, and stuff. So, yeah, it's massively variant, really, man. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scene as you in any industry that you just don't see day to day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. So we'll move on to the reason you are here, and that's to discuss about the noise network. No, is it network or narrative? Narrative, yeah, narrative. yeah. That's a better name. I like that. I, always, I, always, I feel like I've been calling it the noise network all the time. But now, as I said it, I was like, I literally saw narrative, and I was like, no, it's narrative. Yeah, the, the noise <laughs> yeah. network could have been... That's, that's a- that's a glow up right there. Yeah, I'll let you have that, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, do you want to tell everyone what's that about? What was the uh, inspiration behind that? And uh, I'm interested to hear this because I feel like this was created, was it not mid, mid lockdown? So I don't feel like I've yeah. even seen you since it's been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. So, well, yeah, it, to start with, the noise narrative was just a podcast thing idea that I had maybe in like 2019, I, w- I just moved to London and I was just started working in music and I wanted to do something like extracurricular to yeah. get a bit more involved in the scene. Uh, so I started just like making a podcast like this, but um, I was basically like just playing songs um, that I liked, that I thought other people would like, and then talking over them a bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then in the back of my head, I'd always, wanted to make it into like a, a bigger thing like a community or a platform or something because mm-hmm. i had like a magazine at uni which i enjoyed doing and wanted to maybe have another pop so yeah basically got furloughed before i got made redundant last year i got furloughed mm-hmm. in like in like march and i basically decided to use that free time to come up with the concept for what i was going to do and try and actually bring this to life uh and so I basically conceptualized and built this platform. I'd, um, and it took, it took a while to be honest, man, but I planned out the branding and like 
I linked up with designers. Um, I sort of taught myself WordPress and how to build a website and then basically wanted to find out what, in, in my head, what, what was this going to be for? Like, why did I need to make this? Mm. Like, what was the purpose going to be? Mm. And basically, I, I thought in my time in music so far, I hadn't really, I, I believe that a lot of global cultures had been pretty underrepresented in the UK media. Mm. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear about like um, rap scenes in, in lesser economically developed countries. Like I didn't hear about psychedelic rock in Japan. Like I didn't hear about techno in Tunisia and stuff. And like these scenes are obviously happening, but in so much of the, yeah, so much of the media that we see, it was a lot of like Western dominated or at least wealth dominated. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that was basically the plan to build a platform and then try and use my passion for music to dig, dig into new cultures and stuff. Um, so yeah, I built it in lockdown. It took ages, but I had ages. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's, it, I launched it in August and sort of had like built content up from, so I actually finished the website well before August, but I wanted to launch it when I had loads of content. Yeah. Um, so I sort of, stagger it out and stuff yeah. so yeah august 2020 was when it was publicly born uh, yeah that was like um i know the i know the i know the thought process of building up content because that was like before we started off you know the <laughs> the prior off-white bands that we had the idea ages ago had the page but we were yeah. like no we need to have like a hundred banks of memes ready to go yeah. because these need yeah. to be quality so yeah, I, I know that thought process, um, yeah. and yeah, the noise, the noise narrative is so much more than what I thought. Then um, that the the idea is the the concept of it sounds sick to me actually. Um, yeah. So is it was the aim to be more of a fake, more of a website or an Instagram page? And because I feel like I only really knew the Instagram page. Yeah. Oh no, definitely a website, man. The Instagram page is just to promote the website. So. Mm it's a magazine or a publication. So yeah. I basically have, I, I basically got a team of writers from all, like all over the country and a couple of people from different countries who I just kind of scouted through social media and through posts in different groups and just like organic digging basically, like yeah. found talented writers who either I knew or who were just responsive to my, online ads and stuff yeah. and so i've got like quite a tight-knit group of contributors who just who have done some amazing stuff like um you know we've done interviews and stuff with with, with lots of artists and we've done we do album reviews and we do you know like news and we do premieres and things like that um so it's a website at, at its core basically um yeah. and anything like social media based is is just to yeah generate like conversation I guess um, and yeah of course we do we do a radio show on a on a platform called 1020 which is just kind of keeps it like ticking orally in the ears yeah yeah that's like how how do you measure like what would be successful for you then with um, with the noise yeah. with the with your thing the noise narrative how what, how do you measure it and how have you measured it so far yeah man that's a good question um, I mean you can just I mean, at its core, I guess, like data, 
Um, yeah. I could look at, I could look at, I've got like Google Analytics and, and WordPress, which is what I, I use to make the website. Um, that yeah. has its own analytics software in it. And that just tells me who, how many readers I get and who, who they are and where they're from. And so that could be one measure of success, I suppose, because for me, it's, it's, it's only a hobby, really. Like, I don't really care about making money at this stage. Um, yeah. I just want to shine a light on good, good culture. And so, um, yeah, for me, success is probably less about how much money I'm making from like small yeah. ads or whatever, but more how, who's read, you know, has my article reached, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a faraway country or, or have I, okay. yeah, basically covered areas that other people haven't. Yeah. I feel like you can tell you've got a passion for music through what you're doing and what you've said as well. Like you're happy to be on when you were working on the kind of vaccines and everything. And then with your, with the, the noise narrative and everything, how you, yeah. how you put in that across it, would you measure it on, is there someone you've got in mind that you want to interview for, for the, for the website or someone or like a few kind of eyes who you would think, okay, once I've got these, like that's my measurement of success, obviously money and, data and everything's like important because you know it is but like like some an artist or someone that you think if i get them like i know like i've done a madness <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there is that as well man like if i interviewed like some of my favorite musicians that would be yeah that would be great and like i could i could i could list off loads of my, my favorite musicians who, who i would want to interview but honestly man like i it's that it genuinely isn't what it's about like so yeah. like if i la obviously if i landed an interview with like asap rocky or like james blake or slow tie or someone um i'd be i'd be really happy with that and that would be really great and it would show that i've come a long way but i think the nature of the website is that i'll probably never get to that stage because the whole the the i'm just looking to interview people that don't or you know speak to people who don't usually get that much coverage and I guess maybe that, I don't know whether that might work against me or whether that might change in the future. I really, yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of winging it, man, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, I would have loved to interview MF Doom, man. I'm gutted about him. I'm just, I'm just that would have been yeah. a real, a real good, good I chat. Um, RIP. But yeah, it's a good question. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, at the moment, it's, I mean, luckily I got, um, my first interview was with, a Japanese rock band called Kikigaku Moyo and they're, they're, they're mental, um, but they're actually massive, like in their scene and they've yeah. got a massive yeah. following and maybe just not really in the UK. And so yeah. I just kind of emailed their like label and just was like, yo, do you want to have an interview? And they were like, yeah, definitely. And I was completely like, I was really chuffed because they're massive. And so that was a good start for me. But then I had loads of like rockers coming at me and I was like, I don't know if I wanted this to be a rock page, man. <laughs> I'll run with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I, I definitely, I like, um, now I've got my head around the concept of it. Like, yeah, yeah. it's definitely wavy. Like I, I rate it. Um, so 
now I've just thought of, of a better question that I should have asked you as the original question. So then uh, you said the whole inspiration of the, um, the noise narrative was to find, you know, or shine a light on scenes across the world that don't necessarily get the spotlight in the UK. So what's yeah. your favourite scene that you that you like outside of, you know, the, the mainstream, I suppose, yeah. grime now, hip hop, rap, pop, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. That's a good question, man. I think certainly one that I discovered through doing this was uh, the Tunisia scene. So Tunisia, um, they have a banging underground techno and electro scene. And I didn't know about that. And like my my mate, Will, and he, he used to be my housemate, it's one of my good friends. He He's like such a, a he's he's a massive head for like underground dance music like way more than me mm. and he'd come across this it just in his in his whilst he was digging for music he found this like label in tunisia and basically the scene came out so in tunisia in 2011 they had the arab spring protests so they had this dictator called ben ali and he he was basically subsided by these protests and this big like uproar and out of that spawned like a really cool underground network of, of, of clubs and music and people who were suddenly like creatively free again. And yeah. so that was interesting to me because it was like a culture, you know, that, that was free again, much like, like the Berlin Wall, I guess, like techno came into Berlin after like 1989. So, so somewhere like Tunisia is, is something I've, I've enjoyed finding out about, yeah. Oh, that is random. Man. <laughs> that, that, that is mad. Obviously, I've never heard of, of that. Um, yeah. I, I like the odd uh, dance tune at uni, but obviously, I wouldn't say it's my bread and butter of knowledge. So, yeah, that that is interesting. So, you actually touched on an interesting point there of like how it how it grew and stuff. So, do you think? Um, do you feel like music nowadays, especially in the UK, is it's all mainstream and it's all people trying to copy, you know, the, pe the people that came before them. Do you reckon, like, the scenes outside the UK are very still organic at their early stages and potentially the music's better? And do you feel like that's what interests you personally or is it just uh, you're finding scenes you like in the UK that are also at their early stages outside of the UK? Yeah, uh, definitely the last, yeah, no, that makes sense, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely don't think the UK is like. I think the UK has got one of the best music scenes in the world as well. So like, um, like I I love the grime scene. I love the jazz scene in London. I love like some of the UK hip hop labels. Mm. Um, it's it's so, like I would be I would be ignorant to say that the UK doesn't have some of the most organic, yeah. original yeah. talent around. It's more so, and so yeah, I do cover as well on the noise narrative that it doesn't exclude the UK. Mm. It, it just means I try to aim to cover music that maybe doesn't get that much of a chance in the media elsewhere. And the way it kind of works is I've got relationships with PR agencies, and they I just emailed them randomly, search for them on Google, like grime PR agency, um, jazz PR, whatever, and then signed up to them and they send me out new music. So I get lots of unreleased music to listen to and then 
it'll all be to, to the genres that I like and then I can review it that way. But um, nah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't say that I'm like anti-UK, man. I think there's some real hot scenes in, in the UK and, and also a lot of foreign countries copy the UK in a lot of ways and uh, or not copy but are inspired by um, like we're getting drill in Australia and Ireland now which is pretty mad yeah so following on from what you were saying Will uh, you mentioned something about uh, music and how it, with the whole uh, Tunisian scene influenced yeah. by like political things do you think like yeah. music in general over that the last well, since whenever is like quite influenced by um, political events and things like that. Because you know, like say, like um, I don't know if it was the eighties or seventies with punk rock and stuff. Like how it was like, I listened to some some songs that my dad would listen to, and I remember I can't remember who it was, but it was like, "Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone," and all these. It was like slight yeah, political yeah. messages in there about like control and stuff. So I was like, "Oh, it's interesting that." that music might be influenced by political uh, kind of influences yeah. and stuff. So I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, man, that's a great question. I think you're, I think you're right to, to pick that link up. I think I agree with you. I think it's, I strongly agree. Actually. I think, I think it's, like, I see music and politics as like so linked and like not just politics, but society and culture and, and, and stuff influences the sound and the scenes that come out so much because yeah, as you say, like you have like, um, you know, punk scenes coming out as a rebellion against conservative politics and you have yeah. techno coming out of Berlin when, when the Berlin Wall falls and the Tunisian scene and stuff. Um, and you have, you have, you know, a lot of the narrative of grime and drill is, is quite anti-government and like, yeah. you know, it's people create stuff to, to protest, I think, a lot and like, um music is just one of those mediums through which they can do that and so yeah, yeah I, don't, I think you're definitely right i think um i think that will always be the case to be honest with you because yeah. you know in music we're meant to be allowed to express ourselves in whatever way and that freedom gives us the opportunity to yeah say things that we maybe couldn't otherwise say in like words and also it gives yeah. it gives minorities a stage to represent their cultures as well. So a lot of people yeah. that may not be fairly represented in politics or in, in the media get an opportunity through being popular within their their own musical scene. So yeah, I definitely agree, man. Yeah, definitely. It's like as is a lot of like entertainment things, like just like a it's like a fragment of society in it. It's just like a comment on what's going on at the minute yeah, that absolutely. you might not necessarily be hearing in the mainstream media. I think that's why music is interesting in that sense which you don't well I didn't really think about when I was younger I guess I'd do it more for like enjoyment but like you listen to different types of music and different eyes and then you're like oh there's there's definitely more of a message behind the music than um than what what you first thought and stuff so yeah absolutely man yeah definitely I completely completely agree for everything said there boys Uh, I just got an interest um just to feed my own curiosity here well what is your favorite um genre of music would you say Ah, oh, uh, damn, man. Um, probably hip hop, to be honest with you. Um, I think that that, yeah, I find that I probably listen to hip hop the most. If it's hard to say, really, but yeah, hip hop's hip hop for me is 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 a 
I mean, it's easy to say hip hop because it that covers so many different types of music. Yeah. But um, you know, hip hop takes in so many other genres and samples different genres and revisits old cultures and stuff. So it's quite like, like if you listen to hip hop, you're also listening to blues and jazz and stuff at the same time. And so, yeah, it's quite a versatile genre. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, probably one of my favorites as well. If not the favorite, I always go through different waves. Sometimes it's grime, sometimes it's uh, hip hop, but um, yeah. yeah. I'm really happy with what's going on in the UK. As you said, I think, um, it's getting to the point where I'm listening to a lot less of American artists or current artists now. Yeah. Like my go-tos are UK artists and wouldn't have been the same at the beginning of uni, for instance, like it has exploded over the past five years. So that's Definitely. just a testament to all the great artists that are probably always out there, but they were just got their shot. Um, and I think everyone was more accepting to it now. It feels like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, um, man. You know, it's always changed from like radio sets to people pulling out full albums, and I think that's also a um, benefit from streaming and how the whole um, mm. how people consume music has changed over the years as well, which has benefited, you know, yeah. all, all kind of artists. Um, Absolutely, yeah, that was a great pod, guys. Definitely got into some uh, good good musical topics there uh learn a bit actually um so yeah so it's been a good one i've enjoyed this one uh, early in the week but thank you so much will for coming on uh do you want to just tell everyone where they can uh catch you or you know um your thing that you've got going on online yeah thanks man thanks for having me it's been a pleasure um you can read more about the noise narrative on thenoisenarrative.com um loads of interviews and reviews and exciting music content on there um on Instagram, it's The Noise Narrative. Um, and on Facebook, it's if you just type in The Noise Narrative. You'll find it there as well. Um, and yeah, check it out. You won't, you won't be sorry. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Everyone go check that out. So yeah, thanks again, Will, uh, for having you on. Um, I'm sure we'll be having you on in the future as well. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. See you. Peace. See you later.